Welcome back to the Section K Podcast. Today is Monday, April the 13th. We have a special episode for you. On today's show, we welcome Mr. Kevin Knight of Knight Swift Transportation Holdings of Phoenix, Arizona. We talked to Kevin about being involved with a massive trucking company during a global health pandemic. We also discussed some of the small business loans and grants that are available to small businesses across the United States. And lastly, we talk to Kevin about some of his horses that he has owned over the years being involved with the performance horse industry. This episode is brought to you by Dennis Moreland Tack. Tack handcrafted by cowboys for cowboys for 43 years and counting. Since 1976, Dennis has built high-quality tack for training, working, and showing. Get the best. Get your tack at Dennis Moreland Tack. Be sure to visit online, www.dmtack.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Section K podcast. We have a special guest for you today. Uh, we'd like to welcome Mr. Kevin Knight, the executive chairman of Knight Swift Transportation Holdings uh, based out of Phoenix, Arizona. Kevin has been the executive chairman since the merger of Knight and Swift uh, since 2015. And before that, he was the uh, CEO of Knight Transportation uh, from 1993 uh, through 2014. So, um, Kevin, how are things out in Arizona today during the COVID-19 pandemic? Well, I'll tell you, it's uh, it's good. I mean, I'm I'm just talking to you guys from my uh, from my home office. I was actually uh, at Swift earlier uh, today, but uh, we've we've got a work from home program as often as we can to kind of uh, reduce the spread. And uh, but no, it's really it's really nice here today at seventy. Uh, and uh, you know we're, we're we're just getting through it. Uh, we're getting through it the best we uh, we can. So so it's good. It's different. But hey, here in another uh, month or so, let's hope we can be back to normal. Or not probably completely normal, but somewhat normal. Yes, sir. I assume with um, your your company, uh, Night Swift Transportation, it's no stranger to see both those branded truck tractor trailers. Um, out and about on the interstates uh, when you're driving around. So talk a little bit about um, what it's like being the executive chairman of a company like that um, during these trying times in regards to public health. Um, obviously, economically, a lot of Americans are struggling as well. So what are some noticeable changes that um, you've seen uh, since the start of all this? Well, I, I talked uh, about the social distancing and, uh, and, and we're having as many of our office people as can work, work, uh, work from home for a big portion of, of time. Most people uh, are going into the office once or twice or three times uh, uh, a week. Uh, you know, I think the big thing is, you know, we've, we've just put a lot of focus uh, into our driving associates and and making sure that uh, because we provide an essential service we haul a lot of uh, uh, daily necessities a lot of staples a lot of groceries and uh, so you know we've we've just really tried to help our drivers be as prepared as they can we actually uh, we brought in uh, 80 truckloads of provisions and uh, we placed them at all of our terminals so that as our drivers come through, uh, they can get water, they can get protein bars, they can get loaves of bread, they can get, you know, 
anything they need. Most of our vehicles have refrigerators, so so they're they're pretty much able to sustain as long as we uh, continue to uh, support them. Of course, they can go to grocery stores, but anything we can do to to help them, we wanted to make sure that that we were able to do. We've also spent a lot of money on just sanitation items, so that every one of our trucks has those. And uh, and hey, now we're in the process of of having available masks uh, for all of our uh, drivers as they have to interact with uh, shippers and. Uh, and and receivers and so so really the 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 drivers that work for us every day i mean there's just a lot of focus on on making sure uh they're uh, safe uh and and so i'm really pleased with with how that's gone um thus far uh, me be kind being kind of an old school guy i would have never thought that we could actually uh, keep this uh, fleet of trucks uh running uh with most of our people uh, that that are responsible su- for supporting our drivers and our customers doing that from home, but um, you know that's gone that's gone really really uh, that's gone really really well. Our our technicians in our shops we've we've done the same thing. We've tried to make sure that they have everything they need to stay uh, stay safe. And so you know that's the that's the big changes. But but other than that. Uh, our business is pretty much operating as normal, if you can believe that. Now, hey, we've got uh, some of our, uh, you know, heavy industrial customers that have shut plants down. You guys have all seen the auto manufacturers have shut their plants down uh, temporarily. Uh, you know the retailers, anything you buy at a mall, many of those closers, uh, stores are closed. And so, we we uh, we aren't hauling as much of that uh, right now. Uh, the loads that support restaurants, uh, you know, are not as much as they used to be. So so we're having to adjust. We're trying to move our equipment where uh, the freight is, and uh, we've got a little bit more deadhead, which is empty miles in this kind of environment. But all in all, you know, our business is still running fairly smoothly. That's interesting to hear just because you walk down grocery store aisles and you see so many empty shelves and it's like it doesn't matter how many trucks or how many drivers are on the road. It seems like certain products, they can't stock the shelves fast enough. So has there been a big change in regards to supply chain management? I guess you kind of answered that. There hadn't really been a huge change, but has there been any products that you guys have noticed that, hey, we're just moving through a ton of this or we can't find any of that? So, so anything you can't find on the shelves, we're hauling a ton of it, believe it or not. It's, it's just, it isn't enough. And, uh, you know, the first thing that happened is all the distribution centers shipped everything they had to the stores. Well, well, and that's where they were, that's where the supply chain was focused. Well, now the supply chain is focused on filling up the distribution centers. And in some cases, if it's a large enough store, shipping it directly uh, to the store. But hey, we're still, we're still behind with some of those products. Those products are, are, they're, they're shipping more of them than you can imagine. (laughs) It's just because people sense there's a shortage when people go to the grocery store, they really are taking more than probably what they need. 
That's a fact, especially in Parker County and the greater <laughs> Metroplex area, because everybody here has been freaking out. <laughs> same, same, same here, guys. <laughs> well, I just think it's amazing. Um, I was looking up some numbers on the interweb, doing some research for this, and 19,000 tractors and 60,000 trailers, roughly 25,000 employees. So what's it like keeping all your employees calm and communicating with um, a group of people that large uh, during trying times such as these? Well, the good news, uh, Caden and Cody, is is I'm not the CEO anymore. So, <laughs> so I'm I'm quietly behind the scenes, just helping. And uh, but hey, let me tell you, it's it's a monumental uh, task. We have a COVID nineteen task force, which is made up of uh, all of our leadership in our company. And uh, they're meeting every single day and uh, tracking every single uh, potential case, tracking the amount of uh, coronavirus infections in each and every county across the U.S. and uh, and staying uh, close to all the CDC guidelines and uh, and and then you know there's you you. Uh, Things come up, and and so as we get calls, as that group get gets calls, all of our employees know they're available for them. Uh, you know, they get those calls, and uh, and and we we go to you know we go to work, and and that that group has been stood up for at least the last uh, probably four or five weeks, and uh, so so you know it's it's fairly. Uh, it's fairly challenging, but we have a lot of good folks, and we have really good leadership. And uh, so, you know, they just they just keep adjusting as as we uh, have to. The mask thing, you know, originally we were told we weren't supposed to wear masks. Well, now then they say we need to wear masks. So, you know, we made those adjustments. Uh, we got the first ten thousand in this last week, and we've got another sixty thousand on their way. And uh, you know, we're, we're just, uh, just working through it. Yeah. The fluidity of the entire situation has really been, uh, the biggest shock to me. Uh, just asking my dad, uh, when do you think things are going to get normal again? When do you think this? And he's like, man, it's the first time I've ever asked my dad questions like that. And he's like, I have no idea. I, I've never seen anything like this in my life. Uh, I couldn't tell you when things are going to, and that is just, that's crazy. So, I mean, the thing is, Caden, John's right. It's like, we, we, we don't know. I mean, we, we all speculate, we all talk about it, but to be right, truthful, we don't know. Yeah. You mentioned a handful of creative and, and great things that night transportation, night swift transportation rather is doing. Can we apply any of those things to say the performance horse world whenever we do start traveling again? Yeah, I would I would say absolutely. I mean, first off, you know, I I think uh, you know, provision up is what I would say. You know, when you go to a horse show, uh, make sure you've got everything you need. Uh, even if you might be able to go to a restaurant when uh, when things change a bit, but but for sure. And then, hey, I just think sanitation is going to be a completely different issues so you know load up on wipes uh, load up on hand sanitizer make sure you wash your hands it's it's going to be a little different you know in the in the cutting pan you're going to want to uh, 
probably practice some social distancing for a while. But the thing about the sport of cutting, I think we can do that uh, to some degree if everybody is just uh, aware of it and probably gives us an opportunity to, uh, you, you know, to, to get back uh, to get back at it. I mean, I don't know if if I if I would think that uh, I'd see cutting with masks on, but hey, you, you you never know. I've heard of crazier things. I I didn't think you'd see truckers driving up and down the road with masks on. So so literally, uh, yeah. I I think I think just practicing the same things that you're you're seeing uh, uh, other other people practice will will uh, will be will be very helpful. Well, I mentioned at the start um, just how times in America economically are pretty trying right now. Kevin, you're wise, you're smart. Um, I think you coming on and kind of helping myself and Cody understand some of this uh, small business stuff and kind of us talking through some of this stuff could be extremely beneficial to some of our listeners. So gentlemen, let's get into some of the SBA stuff. First of all, I mean, I I think uh, everybody's fairly aware with the the SBA uh, Small Business Administration Paycheck Protection Program, and um, we thought it was a good idea to bring Kevin on to talk about this. But basically, the Paycheck Protection Program is going to be a loan that's designed to provide a direct incentive for the small businesses to keep their workers on on the payroll, and which basically affects, well, I would venture to say that it probably affects most horse trainers in the industry. And... Um, we thought that Kevin could give us some insight on some of this that he knows and uh, help us kind of uh, talk our way through this. Yeah, well, well you know, Cody, it's interesting. Uh, Kylie and Tatum have, have been working uh, have been working through this, and and you know, Kylie's question to me was, you, you know, Dad, is this something that you think we ought to? Uh, consider uh, applying for and 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 you know I I I quickly answered uh, Kylie and said absolutely because basically it's it's to help make sure that people can keep their jobs if it's possible so so I kind of look like you're going down two tracks you've got you've got unemployment assistance and that's been beefed up by the federal government states already have their programs but if 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 you have a need to keep training horses, which which you know cutters do, and another horse enthusiast, then then really, if you can keep your team together, or if you can keep most of your team together, then then basically, uh, you know, you have to get your own advice from your from the professionals that help you, your accountants, your banks, etc. But basically, those loans, I believe, become forgivable because it's really about the government is saying to uh, to all of us, hey, if you're fortunate enough to where you can keep going through this, uh, you know, we want you to do that. And oh, by the way, here's uh, however many weeks, I think it's eight weeks worth of uh, uh, support that we'll give you I think in a loan because you go to the bank, but then I think providing you keep your most of your staff together and and pay them, uh, continue to pay them through that that period. I I think you collect it. So and and I know some of the banks had a run on them initially because there were so many people applying, but I think the program 
uh, goes for a while, and and uh, you may even have to set up an account with a with a, with a bank if you didn't have one that that's doing the program, and that might take a couple of weeks. But you know, I just I really think it's a great program, and I I really think that uh, the people in the cutting horse business should uh, should take advantage of it. What are some of the downfalls that you see these loans getting passed out and uh, our country getting a little farther in debt? Well, um, you know, that that's always worried me some, Cody and, and Kate. Uh, but, but uh, you know, it seems to me like all of the financial people that I listen to on CNBC are very supportive of the overall program and that it's the right thing to do. I think the next pandemic will be will be much more prepared for and uh, we weren't prepared for this one. It caught us off guard. It's going to cost a few trillion dollars in government support to to get us uh, through this and and hey, I worry a, a bit about the longer term, but but I think for right now we've we've got to We've got to use it. We've got to get through the short term uh, and and just kind of see what other levers we have to pull uh, once we're, you know, call it two or three months down the road. And I, I really think, you know, it's been tough to see shows canceled. I know a lot of our, in our training community, uh, you know, the, the winnings are what helps sustain them and the horse owners. It's, it's always nice to get a check. And, uh, and, you know, so there are things that our industry has lost, and I, I think it's good that this program is here to support us. And, and, and hey, I think, uh, I, 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 I don't think it will create uh, long-term economic damage that we can't manage through. Well, and if all these businesses go under, then the long-term effect is going to be a lot longer than it would be if they use this paycheck protection program mm -hmm. yeah there's no question i mean as an employer uh you know uh you know training operations create a lot of jobs and and a lot of jobs for people that are either going to go on to be trainers or just just like uh, the lifestyle and and love working around animals and horses and uh and and absolutely we we uh you, you know, we want to make sure that uh, that uh, we've we've got a good solid uh, equine industry uh, when we when we get on the other side. Yeah, you mentioned the fact that horse trainers and owners can't can't go to shows, can't can't cash checks at shows. The other thing too, with no shows to go to, the other big uh, way horse trainers and owners, for that matter, um, make some money back is selling horses, and it's so hard to sell horses with no shows to go to. So I haven't really heard much about the horse market or uh, where that's kind of gone here in the past month, month and a half. But you have to think that that's taken a huge hit and obviously not being able to sell horses, less income, less money, therefore paycheck protection program or the disaster relief. Um, that's another great program as well. Yeah. Apply for uh, just a forgivable $10,000 loan right there that you just go ahead and get. So pretty helpful and useful programs that are right here at your digital fingertips. So I think it's important that people capitalize on these. Yep. And I would say, I would add Caden too, you know, when you think of the value of horses, I mean, we go through this with trucks all the time and, uh, 
you know, where where you where you have lows and highs in the market. And, you know, there's there's not nearly as much equipment activity right now, just like there isn't as much uh, horse activity. But but, you know, hey, it'll uh, it it'll uh, it'll come back as long as we all do everything we can to get through this uh, in the in the best way is is how I see it. This interview with Mr. Kevin Knight is brought to you by Equine Extreme Performance. EXP offers an all-natural, drug-free supplement built for the equine industry. They've built these products using cutting-edge technology to deliver the highest quality product available to you and your horse. How do they know it's right for your horse? Because EXP was designed by horsemen, and they understand what your horse needs. EXP was designed by Hall of Fame horse trainer Matt Miller from Poolville, Texas. Be sure to visit www.expequine.com and enter promo code Section K at checkout to receive 10% off your next EXP order. Remember, folks, that's promo code Section K to receive 10% off your next EXP equine order. So, Kevin, you and your wife, Sydney Knight, no stranger to owners and breeders when it comes to not only cutting horses, but cow horses, performance horses in general. Talk a little bit about how you were introduced to uh, the performance horse world. Well, I, I had a I had a, a six-year-old daughter named Kylie that uh, uh, we had a saddle, and she sat and watched everything on the back of our couch in the saddle, and she had a pair of, uh, uh, you know, Western jeans and she wore boots every time she watched TV. So, so I said to Sydney, I said, you know, we're probably going to have to buy a horse one of these days. We've got a saddle and we've got a girl that sure seems like she's interested. So, so we ended up, I had a dispatcher that worked for me, graduated from Utah state with his degree in ranch management. And, uh, he was having a tough time adjusting to the city life. I could tell. And, so I said, Blair, why don't why don't you go buy a horse, buy one you can rope on, I'll pay for it, uh, I'll 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 rent the place where we can keep it, I'll feed it. I said I'll buy the feed, but you got to make sure it gets fed, and you got to make sure it gets taken care of. So so he so he uh, he went out and bought an old roping horse named Bud, and uh, so. After between me and my dad leading Kylie around on that horse named Bud uh, for a long, long time, we we decided we we needed to we needed to go a little further. And we had a really nice family. You guys may know him. I'm sure some listeners will know the Hirschbergers. And and our uh, our house was just around the corner uh, from theirs. And and Sydney could see they were having a roping one night, so she stopped and and uh, went and talked to Peggy Hershberger and said, hey, is there anybody here who can teach my daughter how to ride? And so, so, uh, so, uh, uh, J- uh, Peggy and, uh, is, is Jason's mom and, and his wife, Nikki, they, uh, Nikki had done Western Pleasure, and so they said, "Oh yeah, we've got just the person that can handle that." And she'd she'd be happy to do it. So so really, Kylie became almost like uh, you you know one of their adopted kids. They had a bunch of young young boys. Well, they didn't really then. They just had they just I think no, they didn't have kids yet. I don't think so. All the boys have come along since then. But anyway. Uh, they they taught her how to ride and then when she was about 12 
Jason said, hey, Kylie, we got to decide. Are you going to go English or are you going to go Western? And I remember having my finger behind my back with my fingers crossed, hoping she said Western. And uh, and she said Western. And so so off we went. And uh, uh, she she did Western pleasure. And then she advanced to reining and, and cow horse and, and had a lot of success there. And uh and that's kind of that's kind of where it all uh, that's kind of where it all started. And of course, of course, her first good horse was a horse called Remedic Moonshine, and and uh, Leroy is his uh, barn name. And uh, we had a lot of fun and, and joy there. And uh, you know, so that's kind of how it all started for for Sydney and I and and our family. So did Kylie get her start kind of in the cutting cow horse? world right i assume riding right there with Corey cushing and uh kind of some of those guys that were local yeah so so kylie won youth world in uh, in reigning cow horse when she was still training with jason her first time on on uh, leroy and then and then she moved to Corey. she wanted to really focus on improving the reigning skills and so she ended up uh, moving to Corey, and then she won another Youth World, and and then of course she ended up going to uh, TCU and ended up in Texas, and and really we were uh, we were really cow horse focused, and uh, and and you know, and until she went to TCU, and then we we started getting more into the you know get get more into the cutting when her and Tatum got married, but but really by uh, you know, then, then, uh, at, at our first show, our fir- the first time Sydney and I attended a snaffle bit futurity, Jason Hershberger introduced us to Boyd Rice and we didn't even know Tatum. We, we, uh, we just, uh, we just met, uh, Boyd and Haley and I watched Boyd that year and I thought to myself, you know, this guy is going to win the cutting portion of this every time. If he can just get through the raining, uh, I know he can go down the fence. And uh, and and you know, so so I approached Boyd and I said, "Hey, Boyd, uh, look for a horse that you think we'd have a chance of winning the the snaffle bit on." And uh, and he said, "Okay." And that was it. And I didn't hear from him for a year and a half. And uh, and then he calls me, and I'd almost forgot I told him. He says, "Hey, Kevin, I I, I found us a horse." And and he, he says, I, "I I think it's really good." And he says, "I I think we're gonna like it." And so we I cost, and he told me, and that seemed reasonable, and it was a good price for this quality of a horse. And so we bought okay and short. And uh, and Boyd trained him, and I talked to Boyd every week, and Boyd say this horse never has a bad day. This horse, this horse never has a bad day. This, you you know. And so then we ended up flying uh, to Jacksboro one day, and uh, went out to Carl Smith's, and 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 Boyd. That's the first time I'd ever seen okay in short, and and I thought, man, that that looks like a pretty good horse. And uh, we went to the snaffle bit, and I'll be danged. If we didn't win that stupid thing, <laughs> and, and, and so that was that was really that was really unbelievable. So, you know, Kylie went in the youth world the first time. That that was probably the greatest thrill. But hey, this one was was right up there. You know, 
because of how hard that is and and uh, how much Boyd wanted to win that thing and uh, you know Coyote was one of those horses that even in the cow horse uh, Boyd could put his hand down and and uh, you know Coyote pretty much took care of it but uh, but it was uh, that was that was our that was our first big one. Yeah, and then things kind of progressed. Kylie went on to achieve the NCHA non-pro Hall of Fame status, winning over half a million dollars. I think she's right around 530,000 uh, lifetime earnings in the cutting arena, which is amazing uh, for someone as young as she is and just really uh, getting rolling in the cutting as late as she did too. But um, talk a little bit about uh, the breeding program. First and foremost, um, you mentioned OK and Short was your first big one here in 2019. Uh, you guys had Crazy, the 2019 NCHA Open Futurity Champ, and as well as the 2019 Open Horse of the Year. Um, her mother as well, Easy e was the 2017 NCHA Open Reserve World Champion. Um, talk a little bit about that lineage, what those mares uh, mean to your family. Yeah, well, that's that's a it's a great story. First off, you know Tatum, he. Uh, he found Easy at the Cutting Horse Cell, uh, you know, quite a few years ago now, and uh, and and you know he he loved he he loved uh, he loved Z and 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 you know she she was an amazing horse and Tatum always felt like he should have won more money on her. And, uh, you know, had a few setbacks and, you know, maybe didn't have the best luck. And, but, you know, she was, she, she was, she was a good one, you know. And that same year that Tatum trained her, we also had Johnny Ringo. And, uh, you know, Tatum did really well on Johnny Ringo, took third at the Futurity. And, uh, and Z was kind of this, you, you know, Z kind of didn't ever really crack the code until, her and Tatum, I guess, got got a little bit got a little bit older, and then started, uh, uh, you know, when they hauled with her and stuff. But I mean, she she's just an amazingly gifted mare, and so uh, we were excited as could be to breed her. And uh, you know, she's got she's got great lines and uh, and good heavens, who would have thought that her first baby would win the gosh dang futurity? <laughs> and uh, and you know, I I couldn't even believe it. It's funny when 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 Kylie and Tatum are getting ready to, for the futurity. I kind of try to stay out of the way, and I and I don't want to put any pressure on him. I I don't want Tatum to feel like he's got to show my horse because you know he has other customers and and you know I'm 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 totally fine if Kylie ends up showing our horses. It just doesn't matter to Sydney and I. We just want their program to be. Uh, successful and so but i started hearing whispers about crazy from other people and and i i wasn't hearing them from tatum and kylie and so i i i i almost talked to him about it but i didn't and then and then uh, tatum got on her and worked the flag before she showed we were somewhere i don't know and i thought oh my gosh she is she's like a spitting image of her mom and and you know maybe even a little better and uh so you know gosh we were we were it was just unbelievable like i don't know the futurity it's just i still can't believe it but it was uh 
it was it, it's just amazing and so now we've got z we've got crazy uh, miss kitty russell you guys know that horse mm-hmm. I think that horse is going to be a really good mare. We're really excited about her. She's had a few uh, injuries, but but man, she she gives it everything she's got. And so, you know, those are those are kind of our our featured uh, mares. Kylie did really good in the non-pro uh, on uh, on another mare's baby that we ha- have that Guantanamo Ray baby. She showed and actually I think was within a few seconds of maybe. Uh, winning that stupid thing but but hey I don't want to say that because uh, you know uh, the 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 ones that won it they deserved it and they did really good and hey and hey who knows but uh, but so you know we're really excited about you know having some babies and and over to Tatum and uh, and and just just kind of keeping it keeping it going so we, we just feel blessed to, to have uh, some good mares. So what's your favorite part about the whole horse business? Is it the deciding who you're going to breed to or kind of helping Kylie and Tatum decide that? Is it watching them uh, progress through their training or is it uh, coming and watching them show at the Futurity and, and other shows? You, you know, I, I would say uh, – you know, I would say I'm not overly involved. Uh, you know, I'd, I, there's time, if I had more time on my hands, I'd like to be a little more involved, but I, I don't think that would enhance the program to be right, truthful. So, so really what I do is I just kind of set the budget on what I'm willing to, to invest. Uh, and, uh, and, you know, Kylie runs the books and Tatum runs, runs the program. And of course, Kylie helps him with that. And, and so I, I think, I think that's one of the reasons we've been fairly successful is because, you know, I kind of let the horse people do the horse stuff and I kind of stick to what interests me. I love, I love the cells, um, you know, and, and I love seeing the babies and then I just, I just love seeing them show, you know, I, I think, uh, when you're, when you're not, when you're not a horse person like Sydney and I, and then you have somebody like Kylie who really takes an interest, you kind of become horse show parents. And, you know, you, you, uh, like Cody, your parents are horse show parents, but they're also, they're, they're also cutters. Do you understand what I'm saying? Well, with Sydney, yes, it's different, you know, and, and so we're, we're still kind of like horse show parents and, and, uh, we've, we've adopted, uh, Tatum and, uh, you know, we love the rice family. And so we, we're always, there's always plenty of rices to cheer for. And hey, we love all their friends too. So, you know, uh, it's I've, that's one of the tougher things for me is when you like so many of the people that are involved, and you're competing with them, and you've kind of got a high score sitting there. I kind of don't like that because you know you kind of want everybody to do good. But so it's interesting, as you guys know, it's an interesting life. You help those people that you're competing with, and. Uh, but yeah, we love we love going to the shows. We absolutely love it. Yeah, I, I can't imagine what it was like then being first out that year. Crazy won the Open Futurity and sitting there and as nice of people as uh, both you and your wife Sydney are. Just hey, I, I'm so, not gonna watch. I don't hey, know what's going on. I'm just hanging out. <laughs> 
Hey, can I tell you a funny story? So, so when Boyd won the snaffle bit, he drew first, okay, wow. in the cutting portion. And, you know, he wasn't overly happy about that, but he had this friend called Lloyd Cox, and he decided, hey, I can have Lloyd settle. And, uh, of course, they've changed that rule now, thanks to Lloyd. And, uh, and, and so, you know, we ended up winning the snaffle bit futurity. So, literally, we had gone to bed late that night. I didn't stay up to see what the, the posting was for the finals. And I woke up the next morning, and I thought, man, I hope we're not first. And, and I didn't even know what we were. And then as I was laying there, it hit me that, hey, when we won the snaffle bit futurity, we were first. So then I said to myself, you know what? I hope we're first. I go turn on the computer. I hit the draw button. And oh, my gosh, we're first. So that was my first sign that we were going to have a good finals. And I was so confident uh, after that. It just kind of carried me through the whole thing. And at the break... Uh, between sets, Kylie said to me, she said, well, Dad, we're going to get a nice check, but, you know, the 22 is probably not going to hold up, but we're going we're gonna to get a nice check. And my phone rang, and it was our pilot. It was Bud. And, uh, and he said, hey, I, I not only got the two saddle racks on the plane, I got the third one, too. Well, Tatum already, we already had two show saddles that we needed racks for. Well, as soon as he told me he'd got the third one on the plane, we didn't have a saddle for that one. And, and then it hit me, we're going to win this thing. <laughs> that third saddle rack on there. And, and so, so literally, I went out, watched that second set, and I was never worried. You know, <laughs> even when Don made his good run, it was like, well, I don't think it's going to beat the 222, and a lot of people did. But it was like, I don't know, you know, to win this, to to win the futurity. Hey, as you guys know, you got to have a lot of, a lot of luck, a lot of good fortune, and and uh, a good horse and a good trainer, and you know. That's it. So right place at the right time as well. Oh gosh, exactly, Cody. Totally, totally, totally. But also, Tatum had been in there a big chunk of times on some of your horses before that, and you guys hadn't, yes. hadn't had as good a luck. So yeah, yeah. Uh, the other yeah. thing you mentioned, uh, your love for the entire Rice family. Um, I definitely wanted to note on Coyote, you signed a transfer on him and he technically didn't even leave the family. So talk a little bit about that Christmas of 2012. Yeah. So that was, that was, I think Kylie's idea, you know, and, uh, and we didn't know what to do with Coyote and, and Boyd was just showing him world's greatest. And I think he had taken runner up the year before four reserve or really close i can't even remember and then of course boyd won the world's greatest on coyote when he owned coyote and i think i think coyote's the only uh horse that's won both the snaffle bit and world's greatest i could be wrong but uh but anyway no that was that was just that was just outstanding i was i was so uh i i was so excited about coyote and uh and and Boyd loves that horse and and uh, you know we love those guys and 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 hey Boyd and I we've just always Boyd and Haley we've just always hit it off Sydney and I with them and uh, 
and you know we'd do anything for them and they'd do anything for us and then by dang our kids end up marrying each other you know and i knew taryn because uh uh kylie competed against uh taryn and the cow horse out in reno but really really hadn't gotten to know tatum but tatum we just we just think the world of him he's a he's a great great man so well kevin thank you so much for coming on and having a lengthy conversation about a wide array of topics with us on the section k podcast thank you so much for being a great ambassador to the sport of cutting and everything you do to promote the sport of cutting so here at the section k podcast we greatly appreciate that well thanks guys we look forward to seeing you at our next show and let's let's hope it's not not too far out in the future yes sir absolutely thanks kevin okay. we appreciate it Huge thank you once again to Mr. Kevin Knight, Knight Swift Transportation Holdings, for hopping on Skype and coming on the Section K podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed that, and hopefully everyone's staying home, staying safe, be well. Hopefully we'll see you guys down the road. Mm-hmm.